I knew it was going to hit me when I stood up here. Um, Sherry, Justin, and JC, um, and the rest of the family, thank you so much for sharing your husband. Thank you for sharing your, your dad with us. Um, I'm eternally grateful for Mark Trotter. Mark spent 23 years as a pastor of this church, more time as a lead pastor than any other man in 163 history year history of this church. Mark led an amazing life of teaching, preaching, and serving Jesus. He left an incredible legacy for his family, and he left an incredible legacy for his church and everyone that knew him. He made a huge impact on my dad's life. My dad and him were buddies. Um, he made a huge impact on my, my marriage. Um, he made a huge impact on my daughter. Um, my daughter, when she moved out of our house, um, we found volumes under her bed from every sermon that Mark Trotter preached from the sixth grade through high school. And I can't tell you what that means to me, uh, the influence. She is now a, a godly young lady, and, and she owes a lot of it to the teaching and the preaching of God's word uh, through the messenger of Mark Trotter. His passion and enthusiasm for the word of God showed every time he opened the book. Sometimes he wore me out just watching him. You know, this, and all, all the antics, it's like, man, I'd be wore out after that sermon. And I don't, maybe he did fall asleep afterward. I'm, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, beyond his, his tenure at First Baptist, God used Mark's life and ministry to influence thousands of lives around this world. Uh, for eternity. He was truly, when he left First Baptist, a pastor of pastors. First Baptist Church will never be the same again for having Mark Trotter in this church. Northwest will never be the same after having Mark Trotter in their church. One Baptist will never be the same having Mark Trotter in their church. Malawi, Africa will never be the same after having Mark in that ministry. And Living Faith Fellowship will never be the same after having the ministry of, first, uh, of, of Mark Trotter in, in our fellowship. Um, thank you for the uh, Pastor Mark, for the internal investment in all of our lives, for the kingdom of God and his glory. Mark would want, uh, would be the first to say, all glory goes to Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all, do all to the glory of God. Thank you, Mark, for being that kind of an example. Matthew 5.16 says, 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glory, glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's do everything in our lives for God's glory. Let that be said of our lives. One day, along with Mark, we may hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Sherry, Justin, Chasey, and family. Man, we love you guys. And as a church body, we will do anything to meet any need that you guys have. But most of all, we promise to lift you guys up before the throne. And we promise to pray for you guys. Um, we are so sorry for your loss, but rejoice that Mark is pain-free and that he is in the presence of our Lord. And it won't be long till we join him, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what's awesome. First um, Thessalonians 4.17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air. Uh, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Um, wow, what a promise, right? And Revelation 22, verse 20 says, He which testified these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Um, that's Man, that's our heart now, right? I mean, uh, that's what we live for. And Jesus has promised he's, he's coming back. Um, thank you, Mark Trotter. Thank you. And uh, we will see you soon. We love you guys. I shouldn't even hit the steps. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Brenton Bonanno, and uh, <laughs> for 38 years, uh, Justin Trotter has had the distinct privilege and honor of being my best friend. <laughs> and if you know Justin, if you asked him that, he would say the exact same thing in reverse. <laughs> um, and I think we're probably both right, to be honest. Um, but Justin truly is more than a friend to me. He's a brother. And so for 38 years, I had the opportunity to be around their family. And I got to be around Pastor Mark and, and Sherry and JC and and um, I got to see again, like so many have said, that Mark is the same man outside of this pulpit and outside of this church. I got to see the way that he was with Sherry and the way he treated her. I got to see the way he was with his kids. And it was awesome. And I am very thankful. I have two godly parents of my own, and um, 
but I truly felt like I had two sets of parents. Um, you know, if I'd pick Justin up and we were going to go do something and hang out, he'd be like, listen, my dad said we can't do this and we can't do that, or hey, we, we have to do this first or whatever. And so whatever went for Justin went for me uh, and vice versa. And um, But um, when we were young, I just remember Justin and I, after school, we used to go to school here at Indian Hills, and we'd be out in the backyard out here just throwing the football around. And, man, as soon as Mark would see us out in the yard from his window, here come Mark and Frank. They'd come out and take off their dress shoes, roll up their pants, and they'd be in their bare feet just throwing the football all over the field with us. And uh, that was just that was awesome. And then, you know, we'd be over here in the gym shooting hoops. Mark comes down. He's in his Doc Martens or whatever, and he's just playing basketball. And then the next few days complaining about how bad his feet hurt because he was wearing those Doc Martens playing basketball with us. Um, but, uh, and then I remember also one time, Justin and I, you know, Mark always teaching us something, always using that opportunity. And um, we were in his room, and we're trading cards and looking at our cards, and we got the Beckett out, you know. And if you don't know what it is, that's the price guide that tells you what all the cards are worth. And so, uh, boy, we could just quote every card, what year it was, who they were, what position they played, how much the card was worth. And uh, we're in there, we're talking about all that stuff. And I just remember Pastor Mark comes in and he's talking to us for a few minutes and he just says, man, you know, I'd be so proud. And how cool would it be if you guys could learn the word of God the way that you know every single one of those players' names and how much every single one of their cards is worth. And it's like, man, we're 10. Um, <laughs> but, but we will. We will work on that, I promise. Um, but just, just things like that, just, just moments that, that we had. And, man, uh, for 38 years, being able to talk to him, hear what he had to say to us, glean from his knowledge and wisdom, and, um, you know, I will say that the coolest thing and, and um, the biggest impact, you know, I was thinking about it a lot, and, and over 38 years, I, I, I couldn't pinpoint one specific, like, oh, yeah, Pastor Mark and I did this, or Pastor Mark. It was always me and Justin and Pastor Mark. We'd be talking, throwing the football, doing whatever it was we were doing. And um, so there was no one specific thing. It was 38 years of things. And so I just continued to think about that. And, and truly the biggest impact that Pastor Mark made on my life was through his son, uh, the first disciple Right, The first true disciple that he had was his son. And so just the way that he brought him up and taught him, I got to glean from that too. And Justin and I got to grow together and grow up together and obviously love each other very much. And, um, man, that impact through Justin and in my life, that, that was just huge. And, uh, but I truly did feel like I had a second set of parents, and I loved it. And I remember when Pastor Mark was talking about his book that was going to come out, The 52 Weeks, and... You know, I text him, hey, I can't wait to get your book. Man, that's awesome. And um, so when I got the copy, and um, he signed it for me, and he said, Brenton, thanks for being such a good friend, Jed. All these years, Sherry and I love you like you're our own son. May God continue to bless you as you pursue him through his word. Love you, buddy. Pastor Mark. And... I broke down crying when he wrote it, when I read it the first time, and I broke down crying it again. But um, 
man, I just, I truly am thankful for him, for his family, and um, the time that I got to spend with him. And, you know, I feel like there's been so many um, times in my life where I come to a crossroads. I come to a point in my life where a decision has to be made to follow Christ or to do my own thing. And I feel like this is another one of those times um, where, you know, you reflect on Pastor Mark and his life and everything that it meant and all the things that he was and all the things he was to me. And I can either continue to say, yeah, I want to be that too. I want to continue to follow the man that Mark followed and I want to do what's right. Or I can just continue to do whatever, right? And I want to continue and I think we should all reflect on those things in this time and, and say, listen, how have I been in my relationship and my walk with God? And I want to make sure it's going the right direction. And that's what this time has also done for me. And then one last thing I just want to share. I remember Pastor Mark talking a lot about, or he mentioned the verse several times, I should say, um, about how he viewed his Heavenly Father. And it was Song of Solomon 2.6. And it says, His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. And... I just remember his big bear hugs every time I saw him, and, uh, and I feel like that's something that can help comfort me right now is just thinking those things, you know. And uh, so anyways, thanks a lot. Thank you for the opportunity uh, for me to give my reflections on Abosa Mark. Today we celebrate a life well lived. Mark was a man of God. I know that personally. I'm blessed to know uh, Pastor Mark for a little time. Only 13 years. I wish I had known him longer. But that was long enough for Mark to make an impact in my life and the lives of a thousand pastors that Mark has trained. Not to mention the churches these thousand pastors represent. It feels like I've known Mark for all his life. Some of you may have known Mark longer than that, and I hope that this service will give honor and glory to God, first of all. But also it will help us to remember a man who died to self and allowed the life of Christ made manifest through his life. As I sit here to reflect Pastor Mark's life, it is hard for me to describe how much I will miss Mark. My memories of the hours of fellowship, fun and laughter, and serving together will remain. His impact in my life is unparalleled. I will remember Mark for his endless love for me. Abusa Mark was a preacher. And he did not only preach sermons. Abusa Mark lived out the truth he preached. Abusa Mark passionately loved God 
and his word. As I reflected on his life, I was trying to find what or correct what his favorite, favorite verse was. And I know he would mention a verse or two that just rocks his world. But as I listen to Mark talk scripture in our conversation, as I hear Mark preach, Mark hanging on every word of scripture, I walk away thinking that Mark didn't really have a favorite verse. The whole scripture was his favorite. Mark was the man who was entrusted with the key to the word of God. Abusa Mark had also devoted his life to ministry and serving Christ. One would not miss seeing that God had truly by his grace entrusted Mark with the keys to the work of God. Mark had an amazing ability to connect and train church leaders with the Passion Center for Pastors. As I hear tributes flowing in from Malawi, from the people that have been trained, I know Mark has left an impact that will live forever. I like publicly to thank Miss Sherry for allowing Mark to travel and invest in our lives three times a year, every year. This was a huge commitment and Mark was faithful about his commitments. Thank you, Sherry, for sharing Mark with us. God bless you. Memories of Mark will remain, as well as the longing to follow our Lord, just like Mark did in his life. May the God of all comfort comfort the family during this time. And may the sweet savor of Christ, Abusa Mark is leaving behind, linger on until the Lord returns. Thank you, Mark, for your investment in my life. Thank you, Mark, for your investment in our church. Thank you, Mark, for your investment in the church in Malawi. Thank you so much.
Well, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it doesn't matter how long you're gone. Every time we're back here, it, it still feels like home. And, uh, and that's not because of a building, and that's not because of familiar restaurants or anything like that. You know, that's, that's because of y'all. And you guys make it feel like home. My dad and I used to talk about that a lot. We'd come back for the certainty conference. And, uh, and boy, we're, we, by the way, we're so thankful that you invited him to do that. We talked about that all the time. Um, but we would, I remember actually pulling in the back because we used to park back here back in the day all the time. I have no idea why. And we'd come in this back door. And so we parked there like old times. And, you know, we just looked at each other and it was like, Still feels like home, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, it sure does. So there's just something about it. And, of course, we've got so many memories. My goodness, I'm, it's a, it feels like a privilege just to stand where my dad used to stand, you know, and used to sit over here where y'all are all the time. And I can even remember Craig alluded to the fact that my dad was pretty observant during his messages. And thankfully... Yeah, he, well, every once in a while, he may even call somebody out from the pulpit for laughing and snickering and things like that. Thankfully for me, I, we had some nonverbal communication that we could do because I remember sitting right there, and I was on the end, and I may have been drawing a little bit during the message, just in my downtime, and I just <laughs> remember, I remember him looking over and just kind of giving me one of those, and it was like, oh. You know, right away, I was just taking notes, Dad. Um, so anyway, but yeah, so many memories. I was joking with my family yesterday. I was like, I still think I own the record for most shot attempts in that gym. There's nobody who has shot a basketball in that gym more than I have. And then I clarified, I didn't say makes, I said attempts. So just hours and hours and hours. So it's a, it's a blessing to... To be with you guys and and man it really does it it always feels like home and I just wanted to take a second to thank you guys for everything I know there's a ton of work that has gone into this and just the fact that you invited us to come back and of course there was always a special reason that my dad said through the years that this is where he wanted uh, to be buried um, and so we of course wanted to come back but and you guys welcomed us with open arms and so much work, like I said, between security and cooking and logistics and printing these pictures and just everything that there was. The video, oh my goodness, I'd never seen that video. That was stinking amazing. I'm so thankful for that, for real. That was awesome. And just all the work that went into it. We really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the, a, lot of, a lot of folks have been asking me, hey, can we do anything for you? Can we do anything for you? And, uh, and my response is really the whole time has just been, yeah, but just keep us in your prayers. Keep us in your prayers. And, and please continue to do that. But I, I, was, I got to thinking about that. I said, like, I should have added to that. Um, because if there is something that you can do for us, please keep us in your prayers, yes. But please keep the faith. Please don't let what has been invested and entrusted in, to us May we be good stewards. Don't let his words fall to the ground. 
that's really, that would be, that would be, if there's anything that you could, <laughs> could do for us, would be to pray for us, but, but it would be to, it would be to keep the faith. The, one of the, one of the, I didn't tell this story yesterday, but, you know, like I said, we didn't really get what I would consider last words, because I'm not certain that my dad could hear us or not, but, um, but one of the last things I, I, I said to him was, Dad, I promise, I'm going to be about my father's business. Would y'all be about my father's business with me? <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Love you guys. <sighs> y'all really thank you for that. I, I have a short message that I believe the Lord has given me to share with you. Um, this, b- before I get to it, I, I do want to just take a quick second to just again reiterate our, our thankfulness for the relationship that God has given us together. You guys, I got kind of a heavy echo up here, if you can kind of get that down a little bit. But face it, probably none of us would be in this room if, if it weren't for Jesus Christ and the way he connects the body of Christ is just an amazing, amazing thing. And along the journey, sometimes there's precious jewels, just special friends. And, and I'm just going to tell a very brief story, and then I want to share what I have for everybody. But, you know, after the Lord led you guys to go to Columbus, and this church had some time that they weren't sure who the next pastor was going to be. And at that time, I had returned from Albania, and I was down in Atlanta, and we were aware of what was going on here and of course the church was a faithful supporter of our ministry in Albania for years and uh, I remember with some of the brothers in the Atlanta area just praying for First Baptist Church and and I have been heard to have said out loud this sentence and I feel sorry for the guy who's got to follow that I said that. (laughs) And you know, you guys know maybe, but most folks don't know. You know, church work is an interesting business. And very frequently, in fact, almost always, when a new pastor comes in and follows one who was a long-tenured pastor and a beloved pastor especially, and certainly one who didn't leave because of any sin. Well, there's, there's some weird competitive attitudes that show up, and there's some, you know, stress or strain between, you know, and, and rare would the, would the situation be where the new guy and the old guy were we're really pals. But Mark was so gracious, always. And he would communicate with me, and he would say, Jeff, I will never get in your world. I'm so thankful for what God has done at First Baptist Church. And he said, I'll, I'll stay away. 
But if you ever need me for anything at any time, you call me, and I'll be there to help you. And, and, and I could go on. I won't, but that meant the world to me. And the fact that we could do here what I think few churches can do, keep bringing them back and have it be cool. It's just, it's just changed me forever. It's just fantastic. So, as so many have said, thank you for just continuing to be a part of the First Baptist Church family. It means the world to us, too. Okay, let me, let me share with you what I, what I have here. I, I want to start just by mentioning, here we are in Northeast Ohio, and if you were to visit a place called Ellet Cemetery... It's located next to the North Springfield Presbyterian Church in Akron. You're going to find the grave marker of the great Christian pastor and author, A.W. Tozer, who, by the way, sadly died at the young age of 66. And his grave marker simply read, A man of God. I took that picture. Now, Mark Trotter was also a great pastor and an author who sadly left us at the age of 64. You know, James chapter 4 and verse 14 says, For what is your life? It's even a vapor. Appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I don't know what will be written on Mark's grave marker, but he most certainly was a man of God. One man. One very special man. And we all know, we all know that Mark was very special. We've heard many reasons already today and yesterday, and he had a global impact through his ministry. But what I want to talk about with you for a few minutes is what was it that set Mark apart from the crowd? Mark got saved as a teenager and then went off to Bible college. Was that it? No. Mark served in a couple of different churches and ministries out of college before coming to First Baptist Church. Was that it? Was it because he had varied experiences in Atlanta or Southern California? No, I don't think so. You know, even after being hired here, at First Baptist Church back in the early 80s, you know, Mark was still learning, still figuring it out. So today I want to talk about the impact of a life that's fully surrendered. What made Mark's impact so great? You know, if you asked him, he'd immediately deny that he's anything special at all. Mark was that street urchin from Miami. No, Mark would deflect, and he would give God all the credit for any good that came of his life. And he'd be right. The Bible says in Psalm 8 and verse number 4, What is man that thou art mindful of him? It says in Psalm 39, 5, Verily every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Micah chapter 7, verse number 2, The good man is perished out of the earth, and there is none upright among men. 
And in Mark 10, 18, Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That's God. See, the singular thing that launched Mark's influence in ministry, that changed the trajectory from linear growth to exponential growth, was after he began to serve as senior pastor here at First Baptist Church. You see, there came a specific time in Mark's life when he finally realized that he could have the very words of God perfect. Not one error. Yes, inspired thousands of years ago and now perfectly preserved in one volume that he could hold in his hands. Mark knew, 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25, that say, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord endureth forever. You see, that was when the light bulb went on. That God's word... God's message, God's story, people like to say. God's word to man didn't exist only in some long ago lost set of original manuscripts and that we did not have merely a reliable translation according to the majority of high theological academia, but that what God did was that he made sure that we have available to us today the actual, literal, exact words of God. They exist perfectly in one and only one book, in one language, and it happens to be English. And although that book was written in what is known as early modern English, and yes, it had a handful of words that needed to be looked up, it was indeed the book that God left for us. And it was certainly much easier to understand than the exhausting and senseless study of any collation of Greek or Hebrew manuscripts in order to hope to get God's literal words. That was it. That was the spark. And once that ember landed in the dry kindling of Mark's sincere heart, a blaze was lit that would never be quenched. That singular fact gripped his soul. And he made the only reasonable decision that any Christian man with integrity could make to fully surrender his life, to do whatever God would ask him to do, whenever God would ask him to do it, and wherever God would ask him to do it. And once a man realizes that there actually is a final authority, and that he actually has it in his hands, then and only then, he has the capacity to be very Christ-like. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. 
And it came to pass. When Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority. Not as the scribes. Of course Mark Trotter had possessed unique gifts and talents. Of course he was always a caring gentle man of course not only did he obviously have the gift of preaching and teaching God's word but Mark Trotter had the gift of mercy and let me just tell you the combination of the gift of teaching God's word and the gift of mercy together in one human being is a rare thing Mark was cool Mark played the guitar. Mark rapped after he was 60 years old. Mark used straight lingo. Mark was jacked. Mark rocked the flat top. Better than the early haircut, I might add. But more importantly, he had a unique talent for processing and categorizing information so that he could present it in a memorable way for all of us to learn and retain. But do you realize there's actually a lot of men that have those kinds of skills? There's a lot of guys in ministry that work out and look good and our skilled orators and our musicians and there's a lot of guys that possess you know the cool factor and I would say see for example some of the super mega church pastors that have broad national followings very gifted people but there's no spark when they talk you could listen to them you could admire their talent you may even enjoy the show but 10 minutes after that service is over you don't remember what they said If you listen to them regularly, you might even have to fight the urge of falling asleep because they don't have any authority. They can only demonstrate their skill. Mark never traded in his Bible in order to pursue some ministry position or popularity or church growth like so many people do. Mark never got so smart that he quit believing the one book that God gave him. Every word, as recorded, literally. And that's because Mark didn't care about income. He cared about impact. It was always different with Mark. Mark had power. The power of God. You see, when that spark hit him, that was the time when Bruce Banner's eyes turned green and his shirt button started to pop and he turned into the Incredible Hulk. This weekend's crowd has traveled from far and wide during COVID just to show up one last time in the presence of Mark's legacy. Why? Because their lives, our lives were forever changed through his ministry. And yet, at the end of the day, I mean, 
Let's be real, y'all. It's actually less about how great Mark was and more about how great God is. Like John the Baptist, Mark would agree, John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. That's what made him special. The impact of his ministry was great also because Mark was humble. We all know he's a great teacher of the Scriptures, but... He wasn't the greatest teacher of the scriptures. That honor belongs only to the Holy Spirit. There's no contest. John chapter 14 and verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, the Holy Ghost in other words, and ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. I mean no disrespect. To the contrary, I believe if Mark were here right now, he himself would agree with everything I'm telling you. And if you ever really learned anything under Mark Trotter's preaching ministry, it's only because Mark was submissive to the power of the Holy Spirit in him. And at the end of the day, it was the Holy Spirit that taught you what you learned. He just used a man who was humbly submitted to him. There's another man that God used greatly. His name is D.L. Moody. Yet another preacher and author who sadly left this earth at the young age of 62. He also had a global ministry impact, and although it was back in the 19th century, D.L. Moody is known for having said this. The world is yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. I mean, think about it. From Miami to Malawi, from New Philly to the Philippines, from Atlanta to Australia, from Columbus to Cambodia, affecting lives all along the way, teaching basically the same things, how to study the Bible, the philosophy of discipleship, how to be a man of God, how to be a good husband and a father, not to mention any number of books of the Bible taught verse by verse, chapter by chapter, simply exposing what God said and leaving the results to God. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, you know it. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. That plan works. There's no upgrade needed. There's no revision necessary. And that should be enough to keep you busy for the rest of your life. You see, the thing that made... Mark's influence so great is the same thing that can make your influence so great. 
Simply the realization that God gave to you an absolute authority, his perfectly preserved words available in the authorized King James Bible of 1611. A love of that word and a love to study it and to learn it for the rest of your life. Humble submission to that authority. Personally understanding that you're nothing. And any good that comes as a result of anything you do is the grace of God working through you. Full surrender to take that word to anyone who would listen. A passion for people. People whom Jesus Christ bled and died to save. And prayerful obedience to what he always said. Whatever, whenever, and wherever. These things aren't reserved just for Mark Trotter. These things are available to all of us. Colossians 3, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Mark's affections were above. He never stole your Bible from your hands with smooth talk and humanistic philosophy of higher education. Mark was never drawn away after the love of money. In fact, to his own detriment at times, he was a sacrificial giver and not a taker. Mark was never unfaithful to his marriage vows, secretly desiring something else beyond the precious gift that God gave him and Sherry. Do that, friends, and you too can have a global impact. You too can be great with your God. And why not? Why can't God use any one of you just as much as he used Mark? I mean, the Bible does say that God is no respecter of persons. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither is ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Why can't we just be, forgive the term, dumb enough to believe that God could use us just as mightily? I think that's what he would want us to hear today. You do that. And when the time comes for you to be absent from the body and present with the Lord, then it can be said of you too, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. One man. One Bible. One singular focus. Was blessed of God. And it became a movement of God. And together we can keep that thing moving and impact this entire world. But my question 
and most specifically for the good people of First Baptist Church, who will be that next man? Who will be that next man? What will God ask you to do? Does it matter? Does it matter what it is? Can you not say, God, whatever you would ask of me? Where would God ask you to go? Does it matter? You should not care wherever God might send you, and you should not care whenever he asks you to do it. In the words of that great historic missionary, C.T. Studd, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are indeed humbled, as always, before your majesty. And we are so thankful for the wonderful example and blessing that you have given us in the man, Mark Trotter. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that we understand that it was a gift and we have enjoyed the years together. But at the end of the day, Lord, it's all about you. And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you desire to continue your work in and through us, and we need to carry that torch and continue to run with patience the race that's set before us. And I pray, Lord, that you will raise up more men and women in this assembly and you will call out many more who will stand and say, I will be the next man. I will believe these things. I will surrender and humbly accept whatever God has for me and I will do in humble obedience those things that you would ask. Lord, speak. Your servant hears. And I pray you would be pleased as we carry on to the very last trump. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.